All right, folks, here we are. We are in Oklahoma. We're at Sooner Lake. Sooner Lake in Ponca City, yes, sir. Ponca City. Okay, and what are what are we here for? I see a bunch of tents around saying BassFederation.com. What, what do we got going on here this weekend? We are the Bass Federation out of Ponca City, Oklahoma, and we are here this week with our Junior World Championship. Those are our anglers that are not quite in high school yet, so that could be anything 15 years of age and under. So we've got some 15-year-olds here. We've got some 10-, 11-year-olds here. We've got some 8-, 9-year-olds here. So it's, uh, it's a little mix of all the guys that don't really have a organized group yet and haven't gotten up all the way into high school to participate in our Student Angler Federation program. This is kind of the, the league that they come into to learn how to fish. They're monitored and mentored by some of the TBF Federation adult clubs. Okay. And that's kind of how they get started. And then once they get on up into the high school program, they some of them get away from the Federation clubs, but what they do is they go into their school and they start their own programs in their own schools or in their own communities and they fish for their teams or their schools or their communities. And uh, then they just kind of work their way up and then once they get out of school, then they rejoin the Bass Federation as adult members and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a feeder program. Just just kind of like any ball group organization or anything like that. Okay, so this is the the feeder organization to the high school uh, organization that we have, and then um, there's off there's like NCAA like college fishing programs and things like that, Absolutely. depending on where you're at in the country. And this is just a stepping stone building building on that. Absolutely, and it's it's grown phenomenally. I mean, you know, 15 years ago when I or you know 20 years ago when when I was coming up through school and college and stuff. I mean, we didn't have anything like this. I mean, mm -hmm. these kids get full ride scholarships now to fish on a college program. And so they, it gives them opportunities that they would have never had, you know, years ago. If, right. they, if they didn't have the money to go to school, they just didn't have the money to go to school. They'd have to immediately just go to work. Now, if they can hunker down and, I mean, you, you look at some of these kids last night. Um, I asked them how many of them were the first time that they've been here this year, and probably half the group raised their hand. I asked them how many have been here twice, three or four of them raised their hand. I asked them how many have been here three times, three or four raised their hand. Four times was about as many. But, I mean, in your high school career, you get basically four, four years. Four chances. You know, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Well, this is 15 and under. If a kid's eight, nine years old, he gets, you know, he gets seven, eight, nine years to be in the junior program, depending on his age, until he gets up into being a freshman. So, I mean – Guys like me and Joey, we, you know, we, we came up through school. We weren't even allowed to join a program until after we were, you know, out of school. Right. And so by the time we get in a program to learn how to fish, we're 18, 20 years old. And by the time we learn, we're 20, 25. You know, now these kids. Got a job, a family, yeah, things like that. They're, yeah, they're building know, that foundation from a right. real young age. And, and, I mean, you've got kids out here now that are 10, 11, 12 years old that can read the sonar, read the graphs, find the fish on the live, you know, on the live scope and, and tell you exactly what they are and, and where they're facing and what they're whether they're in a feeding mode or not i mean it's absolutely phenomenal how much information these kids have now that guys like me and joey didn't have growing up that that makes them better fishermen and it makes them better people and and you know keeps them out on the water and keeps them off the streets and keeps them away from uh you know a lot of the other things that get in their way a lot of times and right. derail their <laughs> their happiness so to speak so uh it's it's just a great program and uh we've got kids this week that are uh here from all around the country we've got 52 teams we've got a team from canada uh, they're from all over the organ you know they're north south east and west and the beautiful part about this is is most of them um the format for this event is pretty neat. It's it's not. I mean, this is one of the most. Uh, I guess what would you say even scored lakes I've ever seen because this okay. is a lake that nobody has ever fished on before. Okay. So there's no home field advantage. There's nobody that lives here that comes here and fishes all the time that qualified, and all the kids are at a disadvantage. This right. is a lake that nobody has qualified on before or fished on before. So it's a it's a very even playing field. Okay. And so it's it's neat that. Um, it's a it's a three day event. Okay. But everybody fishes the first two days, but they're okay. only fishing against the kids in their region. The okay. United, the United States is broken up into like five different regions: north, south, east, west, and like central. So it's uh, depending on where you live in or where you're from, you're in one of those five regions. Okay. So after the first two days, we add the weights together for each team, and the heaviest two weights of all the 52 teams are our overall leaders for the first two days. They go to the finals on day number three. Okay. Then we take the heaviest two weights 
from each region. of the five regions. Okay. And that's our next ten guys. And then we put them in with those other two, and that's your 12 finalists that fish on Saturday. On day Or three. on Friday, on day three, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And so then the weights all start over again, and so everybody's at zero. Everybody's got a playing field. It's not, you know, I'm not five pounds behind starting the day, or I'm not ahead. It's everybody's at the same, and it's the biggest bag of fish on Friday. Uh, wins the, the, the $6,000 scholarship to split between the two kids to go to school. That's awesome. And see, um, so I've never done – like I've podcasted a bunch of different events um, in the shooting world, but this is the first time I've done it in the in the fishing world. And you, the similarity between your guys's format and um, one of our specific um, matches is called the Armageddon Gear Cup. It's put on by a company called Armageddon Gear. Uh, they make soft goods, shooting bags, things like that. Um, they do this thing called the AG Cup, and you qualify all year, and then you go to the AG Cup, and your score. Uh, from day one and day two are accumulated. And then if you make the cut to go to day three, you start all over, and it's basically a brand-new one-day match. Right. So very, very similar format. Um, we got we got fishermen, anglers from all over the, all over the country. Do we have um, female anglers? Do we have uh, – what's, what's the ratios here? Are we, seeing, are we seeing lady anglers coming into the sport more yeah. so? You know, it, it's changing a lot because fishing is one of those sports that the fish don't know who you are. They don't yep. know how old you are. They don't know what color you are. They don't know what race you are. So they just see a bait in the water. They have no idea what's on the other end of that line. So it it doesn't matter if you're male, female, young, old, black, white, you know, Hispanic, anything. These kids have got a great opportunity to come out here. We're starting to see a lot of the lady teams that are doing really, really well. When they get up into our high school program, we just had our high school fishing world finals in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, back at the end of June about okay. a month ago. And we had 393 teams from 40 states and two foreign countries up there. And That's we had we had we had some all female teams that made the finals. Uh, we had some co-ed teams that made the finals. Um, I mean, it's just a it's it's a great opportunity for kids of any age because you know athleticism doesn't necessarily help you or hinder you. It's just if you can cast and you can stay in the boat and throw a rod, you've got a chance to catch a fish. You you know, and they let her they you know they let her in sports now for fishing and stuff. So it's okay. got you know the schools have the option if they want to consider uh, you know a letter program and, and accredit uh, that sport. Uh, it, it's just so advanced from what it has been 10, 15 years ago. Uh, we started this in uh, 1994. Uh, oh wow. Well, let's see. I guess the federation. Uh, got the, all the programs started, but this was our let's see, this was our 14th annual high school fishing world final. So in 2006 wow. or seven was the first actual organized championship that okay. we had to kind of get everybody started. And it's uh, it's been a great program. That, like I said, the 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 female part of it and the co-ed part of it. We didn't see a lot of that first out of the bat, but right. now now the ladies have uh, it's it's another sport that they can come get involved in if if you know and and. They've done really well. We we gave scholarships away this year to the highest finishing co-ed team, highest finishing all-girl team. Uh, okay. There are colleges now that are actually actively recruiting all-female girls teams. I mean, it's pretty cool that, you know, like I said, that's just another opportunity that these kids have to uh, further their education through a different sport that you know, otherwise they might not have got a chance to attend, in, attend school like that. Okay, so – Obviously, like this is for that fifteen and under bracket, mm -hmm. so they're not out on a boat by themselves that naturally. Like they, uh, a boat captain or something like that. One of the parents that has a boat, they're taking both of them out. Like, explain how that kind of works. Well, like I said in the first part of the podcast, the the Bass Federation, most of this for the uh, for the junior program is kind of monitored through the TBF, which is the Bass okay. Federation. That's the adult federated programs, and. Those specific clubs in their state um, take on either a conservation project or a community service project, and they will agree to take kids out three times a year, five times a year, whatever. Uh, some of them do a trail. Some of them just do a few events a year. Uh, the junior program, um, you know, it's it's hard for kids at that age, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, to travel long distances and do a lot of events and stay all day and that kind of stuff so right. they work with them you know they may do casting classes with them one weekend they may do something else on community service on thursday nights at a bass club meeting to teach them how to tie knots or teach them what a spinnerbait is or what a worm is or what a crankbait is and the difference and that kind of stuff so it's pretty hands-on 
by the federated clubs, and then those guys are the ones that volunteer their time to take these kids fishing. Okay. If it can, it, a lot of times it's a parent or um, a parent that knows a guy in a bass club okay. that will, you know, ask them, you know, would you come to our bass club and, and, you know, take a kid fishing this weekend or something like that. But that's all pretty much done through the federation clubs on the, okay. sm- on the local levels. And they'll go and, like, um, say there's – uh, four or five or six different clubs that are offering uh, uh, youth programs in a state, what they'll do is they'll get with those other four or five clubs and they'll say, hey, guys, would, would y'all want to have a group tournament, maybe meet somewhere in the middle of the state and have a group tournament uh, one weekend or something like that where all the kids can get together rather than just my three from this club or your five from that club or whatever. And then they'll do a group tournament one time, and then they'll come together and actually do a um, like an Oklahoma State Championship for juniors or, okay. a Oklahoma, or a Tennessee State Championship for juniors. When I do my high school state championship, I include my juniors in that, and we have a junior program state championship the same day as we do the high school. Joey does that too for Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, uh, Louisiana and things like okay. that. So it kind of gets the kids used to seeing what they've got to look forward to and what's coming as they get into high school and that kind of. So it's a it's a it's a great learning curve for them and it keeps the federation involved as well. And so like the 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 anglers that are out there this weekend, um, they're not some, they're not old enough to operate a boat by themselves. So they got Correct. some type of boat captain watching out for you know for safety, operating the boat, running trolling motors, things like that. Um, and they're just kind of like sitting in the boat the yep, whole time, the, yep, and the, the two bo- anglers are doing all the work? Uh, absolutely. Okay. The, the boat captain is responsible for driving the big motor 100% of the day. Anytime that motor's on, he's responsible for it. Uh, he pretty much at this age, they, they usually all run the trolling motors, okay. and so the kids are just there to fish. And, uh, you know, the, the boat captain, if there's any storms or anything like that on the lake or high winds or any kind of conditions that are not suitable, it's his call to make sure that those kids are safe and get them off the water, and then, you know, they can go back out when a storm passes or, you know, if lightning or a storm comes through the area then he takes them off the water and make sure that they're safe but but yes the boat captain is responsible for the big motor and most of the time the trolling motor at this age and and he's just mentoring the kids and telling them you know why you fish a spinner bait beside that log or here's why you would want to fish a crankbait instead of a worm in this lake in this spot or whatever but okay. he's he's kind of teaching them what to look for on the lake that kind of stuff as they as they fish down the bank and you know he can help net and he can help cull and he kind of helps take care of their fish but like i said the one thing they cannot do is they cannot fish in any shape form or fashion they the kids have to cast the kids have to set the hook the kids have to reel in their own fish but they can net them take them off help them cull that kind of stuff but it's got to be the kids that actually you know actually do the fishing part okay so they're more as a um like a nascar pit crew absolutely they do a little bit of the driving <laughs> on the big motor they kind of uh if things get shaky they can they can take out take over make make sure the kids are safe but pretty much the whole fishing part is left to the left to the anglers absolutely. the kids yes sir um so how do people find out information about tbf or the Bass Federation, how do they go about finding finding you guys? you got a Facebook, an Instagram, like yep, where's all have, that stuff at? We do have the BassFederation.com, and that can take them to a, uh, a large um, group. We've got Federation Angler, Student Angler Federation, BassFederation.com. All of those are uh, Student Angler Federation is, of course, our high school program. Okay. Uh, the Bass Federation is the adult program, but you'll find the youth projects under the Bass Federation on their page as well. And so that's how you kind of find out the youth uh, activities that are going on in your state. Um, you can look in that and, and find that. But we do all, most of like this morning, we did Facebook Live for the takeoff for the kids on BassFederation.com. Okay. This afternoon we're live streaming so that moms and dads and anybody, grandparents that didn't have a chance to come and make the trip across country can at least watch their youngins weigh in, you know, on stage awesome. this afternoon. Okay. So you'll see everything go live stream on BassFederation.com today each and every day at 2.30. So it, like I said, technology and, and things have really improved the way that you can communicate with all these people, but it's just amazing how much media out there is now that you can see and watch. And all the pictures that we took, we took we take a picture of every team that went out this morning, put it okay. on the Facebook page so that moms can take it and share it and like it and send it and yep. do all the things with it. And so it's a pretty cool tool. And, you know, the, the parents um, love to share those with the other family members and stuff, and it's just another thing that we offer for them to, to allow them to, if they're not here, they can still feel like they participate. Okay. Um, so we're fishing Wednesday, Thursday, 
and Friday, and Friday is 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 the championship or the the finals yes. per se. Um, what you said nobody's fished this lake before. What is historically? I mean, has anybody fished this lake before? Is this like a reservoir? Like, well, what historic? What it? It's it's there's four or five lakes in this area, and this is just one of the ones that. Um, we felt like would be the you know uh, a good lake because a lot of times if you go to a place no matter where you go somebody has has fished that lake or been at that lake or seems to have a home field advantage and then you know you go to Tennessee and go to Kentucky Lake well all the Tennessee and Kentucky kids have fished there all their life right you know even though they're young but the boat captains know where to go and that kind of stuff so this is one of the lakes here that just doesn't have a lot of history they've caught they catch a lot of fish here but. It's not the junior clubs that come fish here or the, okay. you know, it's it's the local bass clubs and the, the things like that. So we felt like this would be a good lake that would give uh, everybody the same chance and nobody would have a, you know, would be a, considered a favorite. And uh, Edwin Evers, uh, pro fisherman Edwin Evers, uh, he was kind enough. He's, uh, he's one of our boat captains today. His son okay. is actually fishing in this. And so uh, he's become a boat captain. And he talked about it last night at our meeting. And he said, you know, look, guys, he said, you know, fishing is just half of it. The other half is mental. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's it's like, you know, there's some days when they're jumping in the boat and you can do no wrong. And then there's other days that the bite's tough and you only get three bites a day. And, you know, you got to make everyone count. And you've always got to be paying attention. And it's the mental aspect right. that makes you a better fisherman. Yeah, you think it's a tough tournament. And, then you know, this lake uh, doesn't have any fish. But it's the same for everybody. And you've got to figure out how to get that one key bite or make sure you get that one key bite in the boat if you get it and right. not, not be looking off somewhere else or not paying attention. So it works on their mental focus as much as their fishing ability when you get to a lake like this. It's, you know, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, there, there's, there's probably not going to be a lot of limits caught, but if you get a bite, you better get it in the boat because it's, it's going to be one it's, that's going to help gonna you. It's going to count. That's right. It's going to so, make a difference. So how do you go about picking the lake that you are going to fish for these for these events? We try to keep it somewhat centrally located because okay. we do have people coming from all across. So you usually see us in either Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, Missouri, Tennessee. Because a few, few years ago you did the Arkansas River, right? Right, right. Yeah, my and nephew so was at that one. We try to kind of stay in that center corridor of the of the center of the United States, so people can come down across and you know up, and it's all you know where you're not going to the East Coast, and everybody has to come right. 25, 30 hours. So, but uh, so no, so no plans for Lake O, Lake Okeechobee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be uh, quite the drive for those kids, but. Um, but you know it's it's um it also you know it helps the the tourism uh here you know they're here for about four or five days they can right. pre-fish on monday and tuesday and then the tournament's wednesday thursday friday so it gives them a whole week here uh, a lot of times the chambers or the organization will organize something for the the moms and the kids to do while the while the, the while the anglers are out fishing right. during the day, so they're not just stuck, uh, you know, waiting on two o'clock to get here for to come watch the weigh in. So it's right. a, it it helps the community, and and it's it's been a, um, a, it's we try to pick places that there's plenty to do for everybody, not just centered on the anglers. And, okay. and so it's a it's it's a neat process, and uh, everywhere we go is just a great atmosphere and a great experience. And usually by the time we leave, the the towns are glad we're here because. The you know they travel well they they have to spend money on food and, and lodging lodging and, and yeah. tackle and oil and gas and any yep. repairs and that kind of stuff so it's a big boost to the economy too in the local communities and and that's what we're all about is we're trying to support you know the the local communities all all across the country as well awesome um, we'll wrap it up here I know we're getting close to to weigh in time what what's that key piece of information you want to get out to you know the guy that goes out and takes his kid out you know, fishing on the weekends or, or does like the local Wednesday night tournaments. Um, what do you want to, what do you want to tell that guy? If you could talk to that guy and tell him about this federation, what do you want him to know? It's, it's, it's good to get involved. You know, a lot of times we, we tend to take our kids to basketball practice and drop them off or take them to, you know, uh, shooting sports or any of that thing you know just spend time with your kids i mean you know we I, we're sitting here doing this podcast and now already the parents are lining up and that kind of stuff you know travel with your kids stay with your kids um give them something to do encourage them to, to you know to be a part of an organization um 
because, like I said, fishing knows no gender, knows no age. I mean, it's something anybody can do. And if you'll put forth an effort and look around a little bit, you'll find somebody that's willing to help if you don't have a boat. That's the biggest question we get a lot of times is how can I get involved if I don't have a boat? You know, contact your local bass club. Look, mm-hmm. look online here and see where we have clubs in your state. Call our home office and ask, hey, who's the local bass club closest to where I live? And they'll look it up and tell you and give you the president of that club's name. And then you can reach out to him and say, hey, I'd, I'd like to figure out how to either get my son involved. Do you all have a youth club or can you point me in the right direction? But um, a lot of times if you can get, um, you know, get the parents involved, um, then they start traveling with the kids and it becomes a family thing and it just it just helps everybody all in general but i would say uh don't just go and drop your kids off spend time with them and encourage them and and uh take interest in the things that uh they enjoy too it's uh you know i'm a dad i've got two kids mine are both up and gone now and it's like i'd give anything (laughs) if i could travel with them again or go to their tournaments and stuff but a lot of times we get so busy with our lives and stuff we just send them off to those events and we don't Mm -hmm. go support those kind of things and they're gone faster than you think so uh, you know my dad keeps telling me that and (laughs) my two are, are are seven and five and i live about 400 yards from the uh the gulf of mexico and i'll i'll take my oldest down there and just put a piece of corn on and let him throw for 20 30 minutes till he gets bored and then i mean that's just me and him just chilling at the uh on the beach just absolutely but that's catching that's, a little that's bait priceless. fish yeah, or, that's, or whatever spending, spending time with your kid that's priceless i mean that's that's what it's all about i mean there you know it just any time you can spend with your kid is time well spent so la- last question uh i think my dad just pulled up last question would be um so the, qu- the, the statement I get all the time in the shooting community is it's the people, it's the people, it's the people. Um, it sounds like everybody's super, super helpful here. Everybody wants to see everybody succeed. You know, somebody, boat goes down. We got, you know, my dad drove his boat all the way out here from Arizona just in case somebody, they needed a backup boat or X, Y, Z. Are you finding that to be the same um, caliber and type of person always trying to help the even though it's your competitor, it's your competition, still trying to help people out um, because it is a it's it's a individual or a team sport, but it's still we want to see everybody do good. I think you see a little bit of both, and I'll give you two examples really quick. Uh, this morning we had a we had a guy that that was blowing fuses on his motor on his boat over here when he was trying to fill his live wells this morning to go through boat check we had anglers just walking up handing him fuses hey here you go take mine i've got some here don't have to worry about you know going back to town and getting them just use mine uh things like that another prime example uh just as we were leaving this morning to go to our our uh meetings for this morning um one of the guys called and spun a hub on a prop. Uh, Joey stayed here, got the guy on the bank, realized what size motor it was and what it was, and Robert had one of those in the shop down there back in town. So they drove the boat all the way back in there. Joey fixed the hub, changed it for him, put it back on, brought them out here and put them in, got them on their way, instead of them having to sit in a marina all day to try to get something fixed and miss a whole day of fishing. So right. that's the kind of stuff you see around these guys. And the neatest thing I've ever seen is we had a kid last year in one of our events that they broke into the car and, and boat and during the night and uh, got most of the equipment and oh, all the man. tackle and that kind of stuff. And as people started finding out about it as it got to the ramp and daylight and stuff, by the time we got ready to leave, um, other anglers had just walked up and said, hey, here's a handful of baits. Hey, here's two of my poles. Hey, here's a tackle box. Here's a life jacket. And those kids had everything they needed to go fishing in an hour so just it, because all the other guys didn't want to see them sitting on the bank because of their bad luck. Right. And it's that's the kind of people that you have in the fishing industry is they look out for their own like they do in the shooting world. And Yeah, and, so it's very, very similar. Absolutely. Then. They take care of their own. They want to see everybody succeed, and they're just all happy to, you know, uh, to be a part of an organization. And, you know, it's just like our world finals, 393 teams and up there, and we're playing games out there, and the kids go to the hotels at night, and they stand outside and talk in the lobby, and they meet friends from new york or you know mexico or arizona and next thing you know they're they're snapchatting and you know doing all the things and yep. now they've got a buddy that they've talked to for the last two months now and you know i hear that all the time is well i made a friend in the last four years that we've been in school we've kept in contact since we met them at such and such five years ago and it's just a cool thing to watch these kids develop uh friendships from people otherwise that they would have never met without an organization like the bass federation and the junior world championship 
Awesome. Make sure it's still a go. Awesome. Um, well, I certainly appreciate your time. I know I just kind of yes, walked sir. up and said, hey, let fine. me interview somebody. So uh, definitely appreciate your time. And um, I'll get all your contact info. That way I can I can make sure I tag all the right people and Absolutely. and send it to you and everything like that. I got a couple uh, couple episodes in the queue, but you guys will be coming up. Okay. Second, third week of August, I think, um, is when this one, will, this one will post up. Absolutely fine. That's all. You're always welcome. We love to share and uh, love that you guys showing interest in coming and, and asking questions about our group and our organization. We're always glad to. Absolutely. To, I mean, we're. I'm in the, the the shooting sports, but I mean, it's all the outdoor market. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm going to a shooting event, but it's based on hunting. I shoot race gun stuff. Like my whole family, that's their whole gig is fishing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all one ba big, happy outdoor family. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a great family, and I've been proud to be a part of it for 30-something years and look forward to the next generation coming up and taking over and taking us into the next 30 years. Awesome. Well, I greatly appreciate it, sir, and uh, we'll let you get get to the busy work, and we'll see how everything turns out day all one. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate awesome. you having us. Yep, thank you. I'm getting sponsored. Who are you getting sponsored by? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Okay, sweet. We are recording. So that's on there. It's on the record. Chick-fil-A is going to sponsor sweet, him. Sweet. With this crew, a normal conversation? That's mm -mm. Yeah, right. good luck. We, I mean, it's going to post probably the second or third week of August, but I could send it to you early. July. July. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome to another GD podcast. So we're out here in Stillwater, Stillwater, Oklahoma. And Something we're, like that. We're fishing Sooner Lake mm -hmm. for the, the Bass Federation's Junior World Championships. Mm -hmm. I'm getting all these words mouthed to me from my sister to make sure I don't screw it up. So I'm sitting here with one of the two teams from Arizona, and it's really the only team that uh, I have a vested interest in, and it's because my nephew's on this team. So we've got Deegan Doherty and Troy Crawford, Troy Crawford, two junior Bassmaster fishing anglers that are in the tournament. And uh, how did you guys? How did you guys get here? Besides your dad's truck, like. What did you have to do to qualify to come here to the to the world championship for the junior bassmasters? So this entire season we uh had to fish a circuit, the bass federation, the in state circuits. This is how you qualify for this event. So you fish three, four tournaments in AOY, top two AOYs. What's an AOY? Uh Angler of the Year. Okay. So top two teams of that season, they send them to this tournament. So, like, first and second place? Yeah. Come, so, were you guys first or second? We were first. Okay. We uh, double qualified through... You, you double qualified? Yes. How do you double qualify? So, we won the TBF Open. You're going to have to start... This is like the military, so you're going to have to break down all these acronyms. The Bass Federation is TBF. Okay, TBF. That's the dude that I talked to earlier today. Yes. So mm -hmm. the TBF, the, the Bass Federation. So you qualified that way. How else did you qualify? Uh, we qualified through Angler of the Year. Also okay. Also through all of the other tournaments. So how many tournaments do you think you fished this year? In total, the entire season, what do you say, probably – Eight, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, around around eight. eight. So eight tournaments, and that got you qualified through the TBF and through Angler of the Year. Yeah. And you're both out of Arizona. How far How far apart do you guys live? Do you how, guys, like, practice a lot together or just, like, fish tournaments and that's your practice? You no, know, we live about an hour and a half away from each other, so. <laughs> well, Like, so I just shook my head just as much as your dad did. We usually, like. Uh, one of us goes out and practice fishes and the other, and we kind of exchange information over phone okay. and see what each other found and then through use the, that. Through the Skypes and, the, and the, the FaceTimes and such? Yep. Do you, like, show him the wacky worm that you used, like, on the FaceTimes? That way he knows what color you used, or do you just take notes? How does this, how does this work? Just take notes. Take notes, yeah. Okay. 
Like I caught I caught a fish on a worm or like what kind of notes are you guys taking? We like tell the color, how we fished it, where we fished. Like in a body of water. Okay, got it. That's where we fish in a <laughs> like body of water. Like river points. Okay. Brush. Certain parts of the lake. Yeah. All that. Okay, so how how far apart do you guys actually live? 45 minutes? I guess about okay. 45 minutes. 45 minutes. So um, do you guys have regular practice sessions, or do you just practice when you go out and fish when you're not in a tournament? Any day when we're not in a tournament. Okay. Yeah. And then do you guys do any – like, so you're doing the, the TBF and you're doing team fishing, but do you guys go out and do solo tournaments, like, with your respective parents – or is it just primarily just with um, the fishing team that you guys have established here? Uh, it's mainly with the fishing team that we have in Phoenix. Okay. Um, so mainly that, me and my dad, we fish uh, some of the local adult tournaments together um, year-round. And, yeah, me and Troy, we uh, fish the junior trail in okay. Arizona together. And that's pretty much it. And that's the Phoenix Bassmasters? Yes. Yeah, Phoenix Junior Bassmasters. Phoenix Junior Bassmasters. Yep. Okay. And then, um, so I pulled in here about 1 o'clock this afternoon. You guys are still on the water. Cause, so the tournament is Wednesday, Thursday, and then you have to qualify to fish Friday. And so it's best bag on day one, best bait bag on day two, combined for total weight. And then if you qualify for whatever region you're in, then you go and you fish Friday. Correct. So um, have you guys ever fished in Oklahoma before? No. I haven't, no. You haven't? Have you? Closest to Oklahoma I've ever been to Texas. Okay. Um, and then what, um, what did you guys do to prepare for, like, driving the 18 hours to get out here to Oklahoma to, to fish this tournament? What was your guys's your pregame, your practice, bait selection, equipment prep, things like that? So, basically, we, uh, before the tournament, uh, during, before the off-limits, me and my dad actually went out here. We were already in Texas, so we were this far east, and we found out the tournament is going to be here in Oklahoma. So, we basically just shot up five hours north, and fished here for four days, got a lay of the lake, and basically tried to figure some stuff out for this tournament. Okay. Try to learn the lake, get a slight advantage on other people. Okay. So fished that and then did all of our research, YouTube, Google, all that before the tournament. Went into off limits, started getting ready, get the boat ready, all the prep, maintenance, everything like that. Uh, show up to the tournament and we start practicing. We try stuff that we've found before we've tried new stuff we try to do everything we can to try to figure them out try okay. to figure out the fish and then what did you troy what did you do to practice or to to get geared up and get ready to come out here uh i kind of just went off what based off what they were doing last month and just practice tying knots cast okay. accuracy okay um so I asked that question because, like, in my sport, like, there's certain things we can practice. We can, we can practice, like, setting our bag on a prop and then setting our rifle on the prop, making sure that we're getting into that, that position, uh, smooth and effective each time. That's probably very similar to you guys' like cast um, accuracy and like pitch and flip practice and like pinpointing yeah. and aiming and stuff like that. We can do something similar to that, but like as far as for us, like shooting in conditions, shooting in the wind, shooting and actually reading hits on target, like you're, for lack of a better term, you're hunting another species, but you've never been here. So you don't know what that, that particular fish in this particular body of water is going to like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the factors I'm learning out here that, you know, the way that the weight of the line and how the, how long the the tails are on the spinner, all this stuff, all this stuff matters. I mean, in my sport, we have our own little unique isms that, that we have to pay attention to, but it seems that you guys have a lot, 
of random different stuff that you guys have to pay attention to. So I guess my question was like, how do you guys practice for something like that where you don't know what the fish are going to actually be biting on? And I mean, that's kind of like every time you go out and fish, but like, especially when you're driving halfway, literally halfway across the country from Arizona to Oklahoma to come fish a body of water that you've never fished before. Troy, you've never seen it. You've never been out this far. So Mm-mm. like trying to see what your guys' prep for that was. So basically we look at just like you do with your shooting, different pressures, winds, humidities, all that kind of stuff. We do the same thing with fishing. There's so many different attributes that get put into this like humidity, water temperature, all that. I mean, barometric pressure. Okay. So we kind of prepare for that, see what the fish are going to be doing, kind of based off those same pressures and kind of same conditions. So something that I found uh, interesting today is with all that, those different, the the winds and the pressures and everything else like that, um, I saw something I've never seen before. We certainly, I'm pointing at my sister here, we didn't grow up doing this, but attaching weights to the fins of the fish to keep them upright in the live well because you guys have to actually keep the fish alive until you get to weigh in so um those fish are riding around in the live well for the day trying to keep the water cool not letting them cook in there i understand all that um but i've never seen weights on a fish like with little alligator clips to keep them right side up so they don't turn belly up in a live well. I never saw that before. So you guys have to keep them alive mm-hmm. and then um, turn them in for weigh-in. If they're dead, you get a, pen- a penalty for it. Um, yeah. There's a there's a couple different ways your guys' your guys is scored, whereas mine is a hit is a hit, and then if we have time, if there's a time stage. Um, but you guys have the weight of the total amount of fish, if it's mm-hmm. alive, if it's, you know – if it's too short, if it's not within the slot limit, because you can only turn in fish, fish, yeah, fish that are 12 inch or longer or under 12 inch. Uh, longer. 12 or longer. Yep. Yeah. So like if you turned in 11 and three quarter, you would be penalized for that, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we don't have any kind of crazy rules like that. So in a way, I'd say that there's a lot more finesse that goes into into fishing a tournament than than shooting there's definitely finesse that goes into shooting because being able to read plate read mirage you know understand a wind switch in the middle of a stage um some of those things can be can be quite tricky but like okay now i've just ripped the lips off of this fish now i got to keep it alive until i wait in and it's not like you can be like oh i got a fish let me go run it into the scales you have to wait till the time to weigh in for that yeah um so Troy, what were what were you primarily throwing today, or were you trying to throw everything you could to see what was biting? Yeah, kind of everything, almost like uh, top water, just bottom stuff, jig, drop shot, crankbaits. And did you like how much does the color of that bait play into its attractiveness to a fish? Because I ba- I guess that's kind of what you know, makes the fish bite is how tasty it looks underneath the water. So like, were you seeing, were you trying to throw brighter stuff or darker stuff or lighter stuff or? Yeah. So it kind of depends on like the water quality, how dirty, how clear it is. So, um, in this case, I was throwing kind of like a lighter color for my drop shot because I was kind of fishing it deeper where it's more clear. And then for jig more of like a kind of darker, because that's what we found the fish were biting okay now um what is your favorite lure or your favorite setup i'd say to throw because like you know my favorite is a spinnerbait just because i can throw that all day long and just have the best time in the world like i'll throw a spinnerbait from sun up to sundown i've done it numerous times in fact i think the last time that i went fishing with dad i threw a spinnerbait pretty much all day um oh yeah what's your what's your favorite setup to to throw Probably a top water when it's the right time of year when it's working. So what's the right time of year for top water? Like summer, spring. Okay. 
Yeah. And is that because, like, are you doing that all day? Or are you just doing that in the morning? Are you just doing that in the afternoon? kind of in the morning and, like, sundown. Okay. Yeah, so when the water's kind of, like, shimmery, it's not, like, it's not the heat part of the day. It's kind of shimmering. You're getting a little bit of dancing on the top of the water yeah. from different bugs and stuff like that. What type of top water are you throwing? Are you throwing, like, a Rico or a Frog or? Uh, Rico, Berkeley. Uh, it's, a, like, a walking bait, so you kind of walk it across the water or just pop it. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Deegan? What's your What's your favorite lure or setup to throw? So I like to fish offshore a lot. So I like to to define offshore. Like what so, is onshore versus offshore? I I being the layman would be like if I'm onshore fishing, I'm standing on the shore casting into the water, versus offshore, I'd be on a boat casting towards the uh towards the bank so what do you mean by offshore so when you're on the boat and you're casting at the bank and you're throwing whatever your beta choice is at the bank okay uh, that's just called bank fishing but if okay. you pull off the bank deeper water um and find structure out deep and off the bank uh you basically go through and you can find a lot of schooling fish like that and a lot of your bigger fish like that, too. Are we talking the the mesquite trees at Alamo? Or is that what you mean by um, offshore? Would that be considered offshore? Well. Because it's structure? If you find mesquite trees underwater. How about that? Okay. Not the ones sticking out of the out no. of the, Okay. So what? So how long have you guys been doing this? You guys kind of said it earlier, but you guys have been teamed up for a little while. But, like, how long... Have you actually been fishing, Deegan? Uh, I've been fishing on my grandpa's boat for ever since I was two, but I've really started tournament fishing ever since I was six, I believe. And how old are you now? Fourteen. God, I'm old. Okay, what about you, Troy? Uh, I probably started around the same age, like bluegill fishing and stuff. Okay. Starting with the lower stuff, then working up, and then I probably started tournaments around eight, and then... Met Deegan when I was probably around, like, 10 out of Cabela's Pond. Okay. And then how old are you now? Oh, I'm 12. Okay. So two years difference, and you guys have been fishing together for how long? Past two years. Past yeah. two years tournament fishing. Yes. Um, And have you guys gone to the Junior Bassmasters Championship before? No. This is our first year together doing it. First year together doing it. Have you guys traveled for other large tournaments like that in the past? Yeah, so before in 2019, before we partnered up, I actually qualified for this same tournament in Little Rock, Arkansas, in the Arkansas River. Okay. So I qualified for that tournament, fished uh, with one of my old partners, and then didn't do so well in that tournament. We'll just say that. That's and why they call it fishing and not catching, is what, I've been, is what I've been told many, many, many times. So, and then in 2022, in June, uh, me and my partner went out to Alabama to fish the high school world finals, and we did pretty well in that one. We ended Are you up, even in high school yet? So, I was in middle school at the time, and I had a high school partner. Oh, okay, So, gotcha. if I didn't have a high school partner, I wouldn't have been able okay. to fish that tournament. Where in Alabama did you guys go? Florence. Florence, Alabama, on uh, Pickwick Lake. You guys were in Florence, and you, you didn't come say hi. Okay, I'll remember that. <laughs> All right. All right. Florence ain't that far from me. Um, so, partnered together the last two years. First time coming to or qualifying to come out to uh, Junior Bassmasters uh, National Championship. So, you guys threw a bunch of different stuff today. Everything that I've heard from the different uh, the different anglers out there today was – um, it was a tough bite. So were, did you guys catch any fish? Were you guys able to weigh anything? What was your guys' um, what was your guys' day like? Like what time do you guys even get up and like hit the water? So we hit the water and start fishing around what do you say? We probably got up well, we got up at like four was it and then yeah. left the house at like four thirty. It's probably like a twenty five minute drive and then probably got on the water at about like five thirty. About. 
Yeah, and then they could only launch us until safe flight, so like 6.10. Okay. So we were on the water for a while just waiting. Just that calm before the storm? Yeah, and then, much. like, I haven't actually seen, like, I've seen the lake, but I don't know what it looks like topographically. Is it a pretty big lake? Is it, like, is it small? Like, what what Arizona lake would you can, like... Compare? Yeah, compare it to. So I would compare it to about a little bit bigger than Alamo. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's a pretty, has everything you want in a lake. It has offshore structure. It I was going to say water. It's got yeah, water. It has so you water. definitely okay. want so water. That's a plus. Yeah. Um, it has grass. It has trees. It has everything chunk that you rock. can want. Big rock, chunk rock. Big chunk rock. Rock bank. Rock plates. So a lot. It's a rock lobster. Does it have rock lobster? No, I don't think it has okay. rock lobster. It has crawdads. crawfish. Somebody got that joke. <laughs> um, did you guys throw crawdads today? Can you guys use live bait? No, we no. can't use live bait, but we can use stuff that looks like it. So you can't you can't use an actual worm or an actual crawdad. No. Not one that's alive and wiggling. Well, that's weird. I mean, that would make the perfect bait. Um, so very similar to Alamo. I'm familiar with that lake. Um, nobody go look up that lake. It's a secret. Um, it's okay. Nobody listens to this podcast anyways. Um, so been fishing together for two years. First time at a big event. Um, fished all day. There's two days in the tournament. So today didn't, you guys caught some fish, but they weren't the right type of fish. Yeah. So what fish did you guys catch? So we ended up catching a white bass, which is, it's a, like a striper. Yeah. It's like a striper. It's in the striper family. It just, it's a different genus. It's like a downgrade of a striper. Okay. Downgraded striper. Okay. Did you catch any other type of fish? Yeah, we caught uh, a saw guy. saw guy, which is a walleye and sauger. a sauger mixed together, and it just creates this monster, mean-looking, crazy fish. Teeth are, like, razor sharp. Oh, so you don't lip this one? No, no you definitely gill. don't want to lip this you one. Get your fingers under the gill to hold it or just hold it. Okay, interesting. And, yeah, and then we also caught a drum today. A drum? Yeah. So it's, was it a snare, a bass? It's like a, a tom. It's like a uh, carp. Oh, okay. It's like a carp, but not. More they aggressive. don't. They don't. They don't get as big, and they eat more. Okay, a more variety than just crap on the bottom of the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what are you actually fishing for? I, I assume assume largemouth bass because it's the Junior Bass Masters Championship. Yeah, largemouth bass. Um, can you weigh in smallmouth bass? You can weigh in smallmouth, spotted bass, uh, but they don't have those in this lake. Okay. This is a largemouth lake. So what is what's your what's your what's each of your guys' PR? Troy, what's your PR as far as bass? Oh uh, what, seven forty eight? Oh, seven fifty three. Didn't want to shortchange yourself there. So no. seven pounds. Fifty three ounces. Five point three ounces. Yeah. <laughs> Same yo, I've thing. never heard yo, of fifty-three ounces. Yo, you okay over there, Same Turbo? thing. <laughs> well, there's sixteen ounces in a pound. Five point three ounces. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you had an A in math, Troy. I do. So, so, it seems like so it. Deegan, what's your what's your PR? Uh, it's a uh, six pound, thirteen ounce largemouth bass out of um, Lake Fork. Okay, and what'd you catch it on? Uh, shaky head. It's a uh, artificial worm. It's almost like a Texas rig. I'm sure you know what that is. I you do know it what all it the is. Time. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Troy, what's the one body of water that you haven't fished that you want to fish? Anywhere. Yeah, anyway. Well, okay, so let's do continental United States and then outside of continental United States. Probably somewhere in Florida with peacock bass. I don't even know what a peacock bass is. Is it really colorful and have a big tail? Okay, fair enough. It's kind of like orange. That was a wild guess, and I got it. Okay, peacock bass. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, and then outside the United States. I don't really know anywhere. 
You only. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't ask me anything geography. I I can't answer. Do you know where the state of Arizona is at? Yes. See, then you're halfway there. Um, okay, I, I probably already know Deegan's answer, but Deegan, what's the body of water you want to fish in the continental United States? That I haven't fished? That you haven't fished that you want to. It would probably have to be either Lake St. Clair or Lake Okeechobee in Florida. Where's St. Clair at? It's uh, New York. New York? New York, that area. like By the Great Lakes. Okay. I thought you were definitely going to go with Lake O first. Um, I've caught a bass in Lake O. I've seen that. Um, just to throw that in there. And then outside of the United States, where, where do you want to try and fish at? I would uh, have to say Lake Bacharach, Mexico. Lake Bacharach, Mexico. And where, like, where in Mexico is that at? Bacharach. So the lake is named after <laughs> the place that it's at? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you're getting ready to start high school and you're in middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, do they have high school fishing teams? Is that something that you guys are going to be, be drawn to? Like, do they have, is there an NCAA of fishing in college? Like what is, what is this fishing journey look like for you guys? So like, like, what's your five-year plan? Since Deegan's heading into high school, I'm, allowed to go with him into the Phoenix Junior Bassmasters High School program. Okay. So while I'm in middle school, he's going to be uh and he's in high school, I'm going to be fishing in high school with him. Okay. Yeah. Is the comp- competition tougher there? Yeah, so more you're experience. you're going to have a lot more experienced people. I mean, well, they're older than you, so that would make sense. Yeah. Cuz now you're going to be fishing against like seniors that are 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, do colleges have, like, is there an NCAA of fishing? Like, yeah, I mean, different sorts of colleges. I mean, you're more likely to get your college fishing teams out in the Eastern Divisions. I mean, you have most of, I actually, I think, Texas, all these other main fishing states mostly have college fishing teams. California, I think Arizona has a couple um, but most of these states, you're going to have a couple college fishing teams through schools, and these certain schools send you to go fish different tournaments, and you get scholarships through those certain tournaments to pay for the college, and it just keeps going in a loop. Okay. Have you guys thought of going on the, the, the pro circuit later in life? It would. It, yes, it's mm-hmm. definitely a thought. Definitely a thought. You're going to need a bigger boat, Dad. <laughs> is he gonna be is he gonna be your boat captain then too i mean that's up to him he'll fall in the water too <laughs> that, much that, that's, we'll have, that's his decision we'll have to go back for him too much old man loses his balance falls over <laughs> today on the lake he was like tap dancing on the boat i heard all he had to do today was sit down in the seat and 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 just watch you guys i can't say anything because i was doing the same thing was it really wa- rocky out there, like as far as yeah, the waves? Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Three foot swells out there. It didn't look like it was yeah. it was it was moving that bad. It was pretty bad. Well, I guess we'll see tomorrow. Um, so, what else do you guys want to throw out there, um, Deegan? I know you're all over the Facebooks and and um, have a bunch of people that help help support you and and all that jazz. So. Who is uh who's been helping you out lately? I mean, just huge thanks to all of our sponsors. I mean, you got our Phoenix Junior Bassmasters Club, you have Large Corner, you have Impulse Rods, you have Big Bass Dreams, you have all these different companies that are supporting us in our national journey to Oklahoma and all these different tournaments throughout the seasons, all that. Okay, so run down run down all of the, the sponsors that, that helped you guys get here. So uh, Impulse Rods, Wicked Bass Co., Santone Lures, Tiny's Fiberglass Repair, Liar's Corner Bait and Tackle, Persuader Baits, Vicious Fishing, Big Bass Dreams, and Eyeball Engineering, and Vulcan Materials. 
and also our Phoenix Junior Bassmasters Club. Sweet. So they sent. So that club helped you. Like that's the club that you guys fish in, and that helped you guys get um, here to nationals. So those are just a bunch of the companies local to you guys there in Arizona, or some of them are local, some of them are out of state. Um, okay. Like a mixture. Sent, yeah, a, a mixture. Okay. And then um, you guys are obviously jerseyed <laughs> fishermen. Um, I'm get, so I'm me and my buddy where we we shoot a bunch of our local matches together. We're actually going to get sun shirts made. We're going to make our own jerseys and they're going to be um, sponsored by my paycheck. And then mine's going to have a sponsor by uncle Sam and then um, sponsored by my wife, letting me come out and do this. And then those are going to be our sponsored jerseys. That's pretty good right there. Those are all great ones. I mean, it's an expensive sport. And like just looking at how many boxes of tackle that you guys have in your $120 lures, you guys are crazy. And then the truck that you got to have to pull the $40,000 boat. And... Oh, I'm getting death stares by, <laughs> by the. Your boat's seventy grand. That's not counting all the bait in it. Just the boat, seventy grand. About. Y'all are high. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So I didn't know um, that these boats cost seventy thousand. The last time I went to Fork, it was like a fifty thousand dollar boat. The inflation. Thanks, Obama. Sweet. So uh, anything else you guys want to throw out there about your guys' journey here? Um, shout outs, uh, friends back home in Phoenix that are going to listen to this, XYZ. Um, any last shout outs you guys want to want to hit before we, we rack out so we can get up at 4 o'clock in the morning? I mean, yeah, just thanks to our parents, grandparents, all of our sponsors, club. Uh, all that stuff. Grandparent. <laughs> Grandparent. <laughs> With a T. It just means he's old. Oh, I didn't hear it over there. They're making fun of us. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so shout out to the parents and the and the grandparent and the, the, the people that have helped you get here. What about you, Troy? Just Chick-fil-A, please sponsor me. <laughs> Please. But how are how are they gonna how are they they're not open on Sundays? Oh, that's that's okay. That's okay. But that's when your you said that's when your tournament is. Well, yeah. So how are you gonna get an after after tournament (laughs) snack if they're closed on Sundays? That's what the Chick Fil A is. That's what the leftover Chick Fil A in my fridge is for. The leftover Chick Fil A. Got it. Yeah, I always have to get a little extra. You got to get extra so you can have it when they're closed on Sundays. Yeah, and you always got to, like, get extra sauce to put in your pantry. I just so love like, how this conversation turns so to Chick-fil-A. So, like, if you're, like, microwaving chicken nuggets, you could just pull out a Chick-fil-A sauce out of your pantry. Oh, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking you. We have I have a drawer yeah. full of sauces. Yeah. Um, You know they sell it in, like, the jar at, at the I supermarket. I know. I want him to get me some, but... I just need Chick-fil-A to sponsor me so I can get some. So I'm a big fan. Have you done – so speaking of Chick-fil-A, we're going to mm-hmm. take a wild di- divergent dive over here. Mm-hmm. Have you done the chicken nugget macaroni french fry combo? Yes. With the buffalo oh, – and Yeah, and the it. buffalo yeah. sauce. We, so <laughs> I tried that for the first time during COVID, and it was life-changing. It was super, super good. So if you haven't done it, go there, get a large fry, a large tater tot, and a large macaroni, and then you get – some ranch and then you get some buffalo sauce and you put it all in a bowl and you shake it all up and you kind of eat it like a chick-fil-a waffle fry nugget salad with the macaroni and cheese and i mean that's Mm -hmm. flavor town right there um okay so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna get the parents to recover from the uh, chick-fil-a sponsorship and uh get ready to go hit the lake hard tomorrow morning uh thanks guys for coming on and uh we'll uh we'll see you on the water tomorrow 
Thank you. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you guys later.